Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dylan was, he was a revolutionary, man. The way that, the way that Elvis freed your body, Bob freed your mind. This is Bob Dylan, about man and God and law. Which four-letter word is love? Is it the F word or H-O-P-E? Maybe L-I-F-E? Or could it be H-O-M-E? Robert Johnson says the four letters of love add up to V-A-I-N, but love could be Y-O-U-R or maybe M-I-N-E or T-R-U-E. Could be lost, could be ours. The hippies spoke of F-R-E-E love, though we don't buy it. George Jones and Tammy Wynette, they spelled love so that their six-year-old little boy didn't catch on. But that was seven letters. D-I-V-O-R-C-E. There are a whole lot of love letters in L-O-V-E. A whole lot of more love letters than we can count. Bob Dylan 
if you received his letter yesterday, transmits very many kinds of traditions. But maybe the most direct line of his creative ancestry, the musical trade and cultural role that spawned him, is that of the troubadour. The troubadour. Not the famous L.A. club, though Elton John and James Taylor and Joni Mitchell and Warren Zevon and a, and a who's who of contemporary artists made it the singer-songwriter's royal court in 70s rock and roll love. No, we're talking about the troubadour, the love-drunk singer of Southern Europe in the Middle Ages, invited by nobles to sing for them about love. Dante, and we mention a book of poems by an Italian poet from the 13th century a lot here because Dante is such an essential touchpoint of Western artistry. Dante described the troubadour's music as being fictio rhetorica musica poeta, rhetorical, musical, poetic fiction. And like the troubadours, in other words, to open up with an Italian poet from his mother's side from the 20th century, Bruce Springsteen said, quote, Bob Dylan proved that a pop song could contain the whole world. Rhetorical, musical, poetic fiction. The troubadour tradition provides the basis for ballads, for art songs, for the song forms that are the essential building blocks of folk music and the blueprint for the soul and rock songs of a thousand years later. These, thanks to the troubadours, are the beginnings of the musical vessel that Dylan will bend to his will. And while Dante says that the troubadours cover an eclectic array of topics about the world, the roots of the troubadour and the troubadours' repertoire, just like the repertoire of pop music, is the singer singing a song about love. The troubadours, and there were men and women troubadours, even though the most common figures in our cultural memory are men. They sang insults like Idiot Wind and longings like Just Like a Woman, breakup songs like Innate Me Babe and praise like Love Minus Zero, No Limit. They courted like Lay Lady Lay. They sang to a lover pleading that she would please crawl out her window. They mourned. They complained. They strutted. They charmed. And and more than all else, they sang love songs with every four-letter word in the book. In episode five of Bob Dylan about man and God and law, we're going to be listening to the music of Bob Dylan, descendant of the troubadour tradition, as it embodies the last few centuries' worth of our obsession with love. Romantic love. Our escape and transcendence. Our distraction and definition of purpose impossible, perfecting, ever-waited-for romantic love. As a great poet once asked, what's love got to do with it? Well, love's got to do with all of it. Not just Dylan's music and what drives the rock and roll empire, but the truths and illusions that shape our world. And, you know, those troubadours, despite thriving in the same bastions of Christian culture that fermented the relentless violence of the Crusades, they played on the fringes of the dominant themes of religion, while their love interests were inspired by a womanly ideal rocking from the New Testament to Let It Be to Madonna. You've heard of Mother Mary, of course, and 
you'll be hearing a lot about and from her in the songs to come. The troubadours lived outside the law, to recall episode four, by being honest about love. And to recall episode one, their spiritual code depended on finding salvation through love. Our dependence on romantic love today may have more bells and whistles than that of the troubadours a thousand years ago, but our core is the same as theirs. Maybe love is just a four-letter word, but once you really spell it out, it does contain multitudes. We're talking about love and only love that can't be denied. We're talking about finding someone who gives you all the love, and we're sick of love. But not really. We've made up our minds to uh, give this theme to you. I'm Stephen Daniel Arnoff. Welcome to Episode 5 of Bob Dylan, about man and God and law, love. Exciting and new Come aboard We're expecting you And love Life's sweetest reward Let it flow It floats back to you Whether we come aboard or stay ashore There is a thing about love that describes the essence of being. In fact, the great teachers across time sound a lot, like the great Julie McCoy, shuffle all aboarding on the promenade deck. Love is born into every human being, Plato says in the symposium. It calls back the halves of our original nature together. It tries to make one out of two and heal the wound of human nature. Each of us, then, Plato says, is a matching half of a human whole, and each of us is always seeking the half that matches us. Plato spells out love, and so does Buddha, who says, Love is a gift of one's innermost soul to another, so both can be whole. Now let it be said here that while we do not know for true if Bob Dylan would say it, we ourselves reject a heteronormative narrative that would say that love's got to do only with man, woman, woman, man love. Love can be an LGBTQ letter word too. Of course it can. And though we'll try to offer something more nuanced than an exclusively male gaze, Bob Dylan is a man and so are we. That's our story, but we'll try not to stick to it. At any rate, searching for that other half, the better half or the worser one, could run a person aground. The book of Genesis describes Eve as being carved out of Adam's rib, and a midrash, an interpretive rabbinic legend from about 1800 years ago, modifies this creation myth by claiming that Adam and Eve were actually a hermaphrodite at first, a single being which was actually two, two faces, two sets of genitals, two bodies joined at the back and forever facing in opposite directions, even after they were cut in half to go off and find each other again. Bob Dylan seems to agree. Well, it's bought me a girl before she could leave. I said, let's go play Adam and Eve. 
took her by the hand and the heart was thumping She said, hey man, you crazy or something? You seen what happened last time they started So we begin with the seeking The love boat may be leaking And something about a divine mix of color and tumult like the ocean blue that carries us on a journey toward a destiny we call love. And in the hint of blue, and the hint of the blues perhaps, maybe, maybe must be something of the divine. Bob Dylan says he saw this mystery with his own two eyes once through the blue eyes of the USS crooner captain of love. And we're not talking about Captain Stooping. No, Dylan hung out with Frank Sinatra one evening over at Frank's place. Apparently, Bruce Springsteen was there as well. A dinner party at the revered captain's table. And at one point in the evening, Sinatra took Dylan aside. He was funny, Dylan says, describing the encounter. We were standing out on his patio at night, and he said to me, You and me, pal, we got blue eyes. We're from up there. And he pointed to the stars. These other bums are from down here, said Frank. I remember thinking you might be right, Dylan said. So the love boat has a lot of blue-eyed truth in it, actually. Putting one's faith in a singular vessel dropped into the stormy waters of life that reflects the heavens and the eternal to take a lover all the way to the redemption of love, which seems to be our favorite myth of all of the myths that we live by. It's for sure I'm gonna love you all the way, all the way. It does not insist on its own way, says Jesus of love in 1 Corinthians. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. In other words, as teachers across seemingly every great tradition teach, love gently, insistently, and oh so innocently demands that we go all the way. When somebody loves you, it's no good unless you Rock and roll culture, our rock and roll empire, we do put a whole lot of faith, all of it in fact, into a whole lot of love. And could there be a more precise symbol of the muscular, patriarchal, love drunk, and as we will hear, just plain drunk, America of Dylan's coming-of-age years than the chairman of the board, old blue-eyes Frank Sinatra himself, who taught so many about love? Bob Dylan went out of his way to salute Frank Sinatra at Mr. Frank's 80th birthday party. This was years before Dylan would spend the equivalent of five full albums. Shadows in the Night, Fallen Angels, maybe that's how the Blue Eyes made it down here, actually, and Triplicate, singing only songs of love Frank Sinatra had made famous. 
and at that star-studded event, he chose to fet Sinatra with the song Restless Farewell. If Frank was singing it, he might have called it one for the road. Seeing as we're getting near the end of our show, I can think of no one I'd rather share a parting glass with more than the Clancy Brothers. Oh, all the money that e'er I spend, I spend it in good company. And all the harm that I ever did, alas, it was to none but me. And all I've done for want of wit To memory now I can't recall So fill to me the parting glass Good night and joy be with you But the bottle's out And we killed everyone and the table's full and overflowing. And the corner sign says it's closing time. So did farewell and get down the road. Love and booze, love and theft, lover take all. Now we'll take Dylan's advice and bid farewell to old Blue Eyes. Yes, Sinatra surely has taught a few generations about love. The secular but deified, culturally enshrined but identity boxed in love. And few musical acts have had an altar worshipped less critically than Sinatra's. But his romantic vision takes us only part of the way, not nearly all the way. We have many other ports to visit to make sense of these fallen angels and these bums. Beginning in 1923, Sigmund Freud, Love's Dissector, corresponded with Romain Roland, a French novelist challenging that Freud's writings on the life of the spirit had missed the point completely about what life is about. She takes just like a woman, yes she does, and she makes love just like a woman, and she just like a woman But she breaks Like a little girl Roland told Freud that the oceanic feeling Oh, that magic feeling, like the Beatles said It's the oceanic feeling that matters most Tonight as I stand inside the rain 
to reach that magic feeling. Nowhere to go. This is the high point of human endeavor. Writing with admiration, if not full recognition, of Roland's idea of the oceanic feeling in civilization and its discontents, Freud reveals much about himself and his intellectual path. I cannot discover this oceanic feeling in myself, said Freud. It's not easy to deal scientifically with feelings. Well, that's right. This is the territory of music and muses and amusement, not a certain kind of science. The ocean, that feeling, this is perhaps the destination of Dylan's journey. That's his question, isn't it? How does it feel? How do we get to that feeling? Just like a woman is a complicated love song. The male gaze. Queen Mary. Again, not the ship, but kind of. A broken little girl. And standing inside the rain. Can you actually stand inside the rain? Aren't you supposed to stand outside in the rain? Or to get inside to get out of the rain? The singer must be on the very inside of the rain itself, a part of it, within that oceanic feeling, and with nowhere to go. And he doesn't want to know if he can ever stop the rain. Ain't clear? I told you. He found that feeling, but the feeling, that oceanic, rain-soaked insider's feeling, is part of a long-time curse, a four-letter word. Call it P-A-I-N. Time curse of Plato and the book of Genesis 
and Buddha, in which a human being is forever split and seeking its other half. Just like a woman, sung by a woman, and turned ever so slightly to be about an I rather than a she, is a love song of oceanic proportions. Don't call it just like a woman, call it just like a human. And this human gaze girds both Dylan's vision of love and reveals a secret history of romantic love that the Sinatra version of love as a reflection of beauty through a martini glass is incomplete. Better the broken glass reflecting to Dylan the Sermon on the Mount as he sings in Shelter from the Storm. A secret history of our romantic obsession. who gives you all of your love. It all made used to be God, you know, but at this moment people are talking about ecstasy, transcendence, meaning, wholeness, you know, things that we used to look for in the realm of the divine that have now been transcended into romantic love. Throw it all away. Heard here in a recent interview on the TEDx Radio Hour, Esther Perel says that in love, we are seeking wholeness, an oceanic return to oneness, just like Buddha and Jesus and Plato and the Hebrew Bible say, that once was the purpose of any religious communal spiritual ecosystem. To understand love as the story of only two people, or a fairy tale of falling in love and living happily ever after, is, at best, a fairy tale. It misses the love boat altogether. Love is all, but it's not just about love. It's about the purpose of all things. Counting on romantic love alone to deliver at the port of call is a very, very tall order. After food, water, and shelter, Abraham Maslow might say, people need love. Love, which means purpose and meaning, which means something of the divine that's lost by being human in the first place. There are so many ways to seek love, to express it, to feel it. Of course, it's not all touchy-feely and holier-than-thou. It's also grabby and hungry and grubby and needy, too. Love and grit, love and theft, love and hunger, love and need, sex and love. But Bob Dylan's creed that love and only love, it can't be denied. No matter what you think about it, you just won't be able to do without it. comes with a warning. Black rider, black rider, hold it right there, he sings. The size of your cock will get you nowhere. So it's not just spirit, and it's not just sex, and sometimes, oftentimes, it's just not. My experience was limited and underfed, the lover sings, and love is just a four-letter word. Searching for my double, looking for complete evaporation to the core, it continues, though I tried and failed at finding any door. I must have thought that there was nothing more. Then I looked at the sky, when the children were babies, played on the beach. 
You came up behind me. I saw you go by. You were always so close and still within reach. When love and only love is denied, that same hunger eats our hearts out. That's the place where an equally powerful idiot wind of disgust can blow, saying, I can't even touch the books you've read. Or every time I crawl past your door, I'd be wishing I was somebody else instead. The anger, the fury of loss, the emptiness that comes with its loss, the loss of love, these are love letters spelling out love as well. Now, Dylan's love life, his family life, his personal life, these are his and his alone. This cannot be denied, and we're not interested in prying in the least. But Sarah, his invitation into a glimpse of the oceanic feeling of love in a moment of his life, in an intimate scene on the beach, on the shore. Well, in it, Dylan captures one of the most heartbreaking and beautiful images of the five-letter word, F-A-M-I-L-Y, that love spawns, where all little boys and all little girls come from, and how love giveth, and how love taketh away. Asked about Blood on the Tracks, often called his divorce album, from the same fertile mid-70s period that produced Desire on which Sarah appears, Dylan said, A lot of people tell me they enjoyed that album. It's hard for me to relate to that. I mean, people enjoying that type of pain. Guilty as charged. We are drawn to the pain, just like we're drawn to drown some days inside the rain. This image of the woman Dylan's lovers love the ones he builds a family with, or the ones who pass under his gaze, the ones who stay and the ones who leave, who are they? My love, she speaks like silence, ideals or violence, doesn't have to say she's faithful, yet she's true like so fire. In Love Minus Zero No Limit, a formula is offered, and it's quite literally a formula. Love, when zero is subtracted, equals no limit. A love, which is a woman, who has no limit. She is, in fact, a being who erases all dialectics, all boundaries, all divisions, all opposites melt into a singular whole. 
speaks silence. Doesn't have to say she's faithful, yet she's true. Like ice, like fire. No success like failure, and failure's no success at all. And in the end, in the final verse of this song, that love and that lover is at his window with a broken wing. She can't fly or escape, and she probably can't come in because what raven can live inside the Chelsea Hotel? This woman is Madonna. Anything and everything beyond measure and category is her. I don't know, you know, a goddess. And yes, I do think I am. All of those things. The ideal. Mary, Madonna, she's every woman, offers an impossible erasure of all of the separateness that all of the great traditions we have cited propose as the impossible conundrum of human existence. We are separated at birth from ourselves and from our others and we seek those others out. And that seeking, well, at least 50% of the time, leads to the same place that Tammy and George wound up, the D word, the seven letter word. It's that broken wing. Not even the perfect flying bird can carry the weight of the world divided down the middle. And this is where another kind of love comes in. One we've already explored a bit in episode four, Before the Law, and we'll explore again in a future episode called God. We're talking about love of God as another formula, or maybe the formula, flawed as it may be, for a kind of lasting love or everlasting love. It's a love of releasing oneself to love without dialectic, without division, and to without even a body for loving. From the oceanic feeling to the family on the beach, Love of a lover can bring children, and as Dylan's Lord Protect My Child makes clear, this is a selfless, soulful love. But this selfless, seamless love seems to require a third party, or the only party in town for some, and that's the divine, the Lord in Lord Protect My Child. Oceanic feeling, playing on the beach, and then together alone again, or to quote the great band of the four-letter word L-O-V-E, alone, together alone again, with the one, a grain of sand, infinitesimally at one, with all those other grains of sand, and no longer alone at all. It's the ultimate shot of love.
Can we really be the beach itself, a bunch of grains of sand, any more than we can be inside the rain? We seek love like the energies of an atom seeking positive or negative charges. It's a scientific fact, Freud notwithstanding, and it's exhausting. said he was sick of love because the love game seems to have no end. But Dylan's not really sick of love, is he? No, we know that. He's just licking his wounds, right? He dost protest too much, and in the end he makes the choice to be open to pain, which is the reality of the journey, and he chooses, like Augustine back in episode two, that he will love. I'm still on my terrace Lost in the stars Listening to the sounds of The great and incalculable grace of love which says with Augustine I want you to be without being able to give any particular reason for such supreme and unsurpassable affirmation. So said Hannah Arendt. I've made up my mind to give myself to you. Love is an act of faith. And again, like the troubadours of old, seeking and declaring one's love is not just a way of life. It is life. It is identity. It is purpose. Finding that wholeness, broken wing at the window and all, is all that there is, and it's a human choice to try to be divine, to love like the divine, ever so imperfectly. Now the impossible miracle of love is as impossible as Adam and Eve hacked apart to create two halves seeking each other, or Mary's serving forth a virgin birth. If you take those love stories too literally, you're likely to believe anything. The definition of a fundamentalist these days is something like this, one who rejects not only logic, but the logic and personhood of all others. Maybe a fundamentalist in love is one who expects all things to live within a single lover. That love minus zero no limit adds up to success or failure or anything at all. Love is, it seems, about two things. First, it is fundamental because it's a foundation, a place to be, a shelter, a home for the soul. And second, it's a glimpsing of the possibility of perfection when God and her were born. Twas in another lifetime, one of toil and blood. When blackness was a virtue, the road was full of mud. I came in from the wilderness, a 
creature void of form. Come in, she said, I'll give you shelter from the storm. We know that Dylan has more than dabbled in the ancient texts of religious traditions. And this idea of the shelter and the storm as a template for love's bloom suits an interpretation, a midrash, not only of his own canon, but also of deep streams of thinking about love and purpose unwinding for thousands of years all over the spiritual map. In Hebrew, a language based on three-letter roots that build a web of words with similar meanings, shelter comes from the root for mishkan, Shin, Chaf, Nun. Those are the three letters. Mishkan means tabernacle, as in the precursor to the temple, that structure that the ancient Israelites built in the desert and traveled with them, which contained the divine. And this word, Mishkan, or tabernacle, relates to Shchuna, or the word for neighborhood, community, the closeness derived from proximity. And this word, this word from the same root as the others, relates to Shechina. Now, we're going to fiddle about with Dylan and mysticism at a later date, and we'll try to keep it universal. This is not a Hebrew lesson. It is also not, definitively not, a pitch for the quote-unquote Jewish element of Dylan's story. Great works and great artists require all kinds of methodologies to be appreciated. This is simply one of them. But to circle back before we fade away, this root, Mishkan, Shechuna, it's also the root that gives us Shechina, what the Jewish mystical tradition calls the female aspect of the divine. You can call it Mary or Madonna if you like. You scholars of religion are invited to do with it what you will. And you might just call Nina Simone's reading of Just Like a Woman a Shechina reading, like the companion song to the first breakup with Eve. It's the other half of that same love story. There are core energies in the world, an energy that a seeker seeks just as that energy is seeking the seeker. And the storm of shelter from the storm is like those elements of the atom, or the atom, the first being. Without shelter, without a vessel, to navigate the storm. In mystical terms, the Godhead is divided just like we are, and its so-called female aspect, the Shekhinah, seeks its so-called male aspect to create wholeness again. This is not a binary story, it's a metaphor, but it's an attempt to map us all. If only I could turn back the clock to when God and her were born, Dylan sings, if only my Mishkan, my shelter, could house me with my Shekhinah, the ultimate loving lover. That would be when time itself both stopped and began. But Dylan sings this aphorism as an if-only phrase. He knows that we can't quite access the clock of love. That's not human time. That clock belongs to the divine. And yet, over time, Lyric layered upon lyric, and without the hubris to assume success or failure in hearing what we hear, this is the voice of the moment when God and her were born, repeated over and over again in love. And it's the voice of love. It contains everything, even if it's defined by a broken wing. Because 
just like us. Without that brokenness, love couldn't be at all. So like it or not, love it or not, the clock ticks out time. And then the captain says, hey, kids, it's time. Again. Here comes that oceanic feeling again. Time to try to love again. Come aboard again. We're expecting you. Next episode, we are going back to school. That's right, we're talking teachers. Who were Bob Dylan's teachers? And what did he study? How'd he do? Teachers, the next episode of Bob Dylan about man and God and law. We're proud to be part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Find us and a whole bunch of wonderful music podcasts at pantheonpodcast.com. You can get show notes, playlists, and clips for this podcast at mangodlaw.com. Please do subscribe and follow and rate our show wherever you listen. It really helps this project grow, and we appreciate it so much. I'm Stephen Daniel Arnold. Thanks for coming, and see you soon. I'm in love with you. Snap out of it. I can't. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.